5: And good Thursday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. And it's always a pleasure to do so because you folks are the very best audience there is. And uh, always a pleasure to be with you. So much news to talk about today. But I do have to tell you, I had an interesting start to my day here at American Family Radio. Sat down in my chair this morning, and I have a computer kind of down on my left side uh, of my leg. And I looked down, and there were two little beady eyes looking up at me. Uh, yeah, it was really quite interesting. A The world's tiniest mouse it was sitting there looking at me, and I didn't think he wanted to talk to me. Uh, I didn't think he was particularly interested in news. Uh, but I moved, and he moved more quickly, and disappeared somewhere in the building. Now, I can't blame the little guy. Uh, the winter's coming and he's looking for a warm spot and hopefully a crumb here or there uh so he can make it through the winter so i don't know uh someone suggested well you got to get a hold of somebody today and get a mouse trap in there somewhere but maybe we'll just open up a few doors and let him outside and maybe can find something else but you know if i was not awake when i came in around five this morning uh that that certainly woke me up when i came in so uh Anyway, good morning to uh, to all of you and to Henry the Mouse. I already named him. He's Henry. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, he's a guy. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it was an interesting start to the day, folks. So I am wide awake right now, wide awake. And uh, as I say, great to be with you this morning. First story out of Austin, Texas. And I'm really not shocked by this because we do have a uh, Department of Justice, the Biden Department of Justice now, which is bent on fighting Christian values, bent on fighting conservative values, bent on fighting values that have made this country great. What am I talking about? Well, last week, the Biden Justice Department decided it was going to take on uh, the new pro-life law in Texas, And uh, when we did that story last week, uh, when they mentioned the judge that they were going before in Austin, Texas, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, as I often do in these cases, I just Google the justice's name. And lo and behold, it's an Obama-appointed justice, all right? Obama-appointed justice. I said, I know the way this case is going to go. And sure enough, Uh, Late yesterday, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, an Obama appointee, issued a 113-page opinion. Now, uh, he probably could have done it with one page and just said, I don't like this law. I personally don't like this law, and so I'm putting things on hold. But listen to some of the things that this Obama justice had to say. He took Texas to task over the law, saying Republican lawmakers had, quote, uh, contrived an unprecedented and transparent statutory scheme, end quote, by leaving enforcement solely in the hands of private citizens who are entitled to collect $10,000 in damages if they bring a successful lawsuit against abortion providers who violate the restrictions. All right. Keep in mind, this is a law that has already passed several judicial tests. The Fifth Circuit gave its blessing to this. The United States Supreme Court gave its blessing to this pro-life law. Yet this Obama appointee calls it a contrived and unprecedented and transparent statutory scheme. He went on to say, the other courts may find a way to avoid this conclusion. It is theirs to decide. This court will not sanction one more day of this offensive deprivation of such an important right. End quote. Now, so there you have it. Uh, like I say, I don't know why this, this justice uh, took 113 pages to to come to this conclusion because kind of everybody knew, certainly I knew, Once I saw he was an Obama judge, that he would come up with this conclusion. But I know Texas will fight this. They'll simply go back to the Fifth Circuit and uh, go before them. As I say, they've already decided on this. But we just have a Justice Department that is bent. It is bent in this area of fighting for the unborn. They are bent in fighting for those who wish to take the lives of these babies. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. And really, you know, the the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department thinks they may, may get away with trying to stop these pro-life laws. They don't understand what they're dealing with. <laughs> it's not just people who sit on other courts, whatever level it is, appeals court, United States Supreme Court. They are angering the God of the Bible. And the God of the Bible will render the final decision against these individuals. Whether it's the Biden Justice Department, this Obama-appointed judge, they don't know what they're dealing with. There will be justice someday. But in the meantime, we hope that the state of Texas will quickly uh, go to the Fifth Circuit and get this turned around because I was reading a story the other day. There was an estimate made of how many babies' lives have already been saved since this law took effect. And now other jurisdictions, other states, are considering designing laws very similar to this. And this justice was upset because Texas came up with a way where other states have failed so far with heartbeat laws, etc., etc. But Texas came up with a way that the Fifth Circuit and the United States Supreme Court says, yes, you can do this. So be praying for the state of Texas as they now fight this latest ruling, but also be praying for other states as they continue to try to to fight for the life of the unborn as well. All right, COVID tyranny continues. I don't know if you've heard of this latest case. It's been in the news the last couple of days, and it involves a couple of women from Colorado one of them is with stage five renal failure. Uh, and she has a friend that she met at a Bible study back several months ago, 10 months ago, who is willing to donate one of her kidneys. Uh, the woman who needs the kidney is Lilana uh, Lutali. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And the woman who says, I am ready to give her my kidney is Jamie. Fugner. Now, back 30 days ago, these women who take a stand against taking the vaccine for a variety of reasons. uh, One of the reasons being they believe it's uh, the vaccine untested. And the other one has religious uh, beliefs that she says she cannot take, she will not take the vaccine. All right. They were told by the Colorado Health System, UC Health, a month ago, everything's fine. You don't need a t- you don't need a vaccination. Either of you don't need a vaccination. But just in recent days, fast forward to September twenty-eighth. That's when UC Health informed them that they would not allow the operation to go forward because they were refusing the vaccinations. Let's have a listen uh, to uh, to these two ladies. Uh, they were ex- explaining what's been going on in their lives. It's cut number four.
1: I had a myriad of emotions uh, from confusion to uh, dismay. Uh, I, I, I think having been told the month before that I wouldn't be required to take that shot. And then fast forward one month later and I'm being told something different. It left me with a feeling of now what?
2: I have no idea why they would do this. You know, I'm in the medical field and, you know, our first job is to be compassionate for our patients and to involve them in their care and in the choices that they have for their health care. And I feel like that choice has been taken from Leilani and she's now been given a death sentence.
5: So there you have it. Yeah. She's been now given a death sentence. Now they are trying to go to uh, another jurisdiction uh, that will proceed with this operation. Now, Apparently, UC Health, Colorado Health System, says, uh, for and I'm quoting here from a Fox story, for transplant patients who contract COVID-19, the mortality rate ranges from about 20% to more than 30%. Well, the thing is, people with vaccinations can still get COVID. Now, that's been shown. Uh, it, it, it's not 100%. Uh, so, you know, it, it almost seems like that health system in Colorado is, uh, is following some kind of Biden edict with that decision. It's very interesting. Michelle Malkin, who I believe lives in Colorado, she's very conservative editorial writer, uh, she's written a column on this. She says, for nearly 20 years, I've reported on America's medical welcome mat for chronically six sick illegal aliens. And basically what she goes on to say, according to estimates from 2019 cited in a recent study published by the American Journal of Kidney Disease, there are between 5,500 and nearly 9,000 illegals with kidney failure in the U.S. There's now a COVID-era push to provide them not only with emergency room dialysis at an estimated cost of 400000 per illegal alien per year, but also with outpatient dialysis under Medicaid. Conveniently, the United Network for Organ Sharing and Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network do not document immigration status, so there are no reliable estimates of exactly how many illegal aliens have received organ transplants in the U.S. At least one scientific journal article identified 400 illegal aliens who had received kidney transplants since 2005, most in California, taxpayer expense. So there you have it. I guess if you're a illegal alien, you get an automatic green card. Uh, Not only immigration-wise, but apparently for medical treatment in this country. But here's two American ladies, one of them needing the kidney, one saying, I'm willing to do it. But they're now being denied by this Colorado Health Agency because they don't have vaccinations. We'll continue to follow that story. Also, another story that's making big news. We have a break coming up at 20 after. Uh, Perhaps we should wait uh, on that one. But let let me just say that there's this ongoing story right now, and it's continued to make headlines, again, over the Biden Justice Department going after parents who come to school board meetings to... Say they're upset with critical race theory being taught to their kids or they're upset with mask mandates, whatever the case may be. You're familiar with this story now, I am sure. Uh, It is the Justice Department saying to parents that uh, you're all potential domestic terrorists. Remember that this action by the Justice Department was prompted by the body that oversees school board members across the country. Someone has pointed out they wrote the letter to the White House, this school board uh, group, wrote the letter to the White House just last week. Within five days, the Justice Department acted on that letter. That never happens, folks. People who are in the know say, that, that just doesn't happen. Five days, letter, White House, Justice Department. And they, and they come up with this announcement what's going on here. This is another attempt by this Justice Department, which has been weaponized to silence the political enemies of the Biden administration. We're going to be talking more about this when we come back after the break. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy. Don't go away. Much more ahead on this edition of Sandy Rios in the morning.
0: Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley,
3: what is your title?
2: The director of AFA Foundation.
3: One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the ministry of American Family Association is to...
2: To give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio.
3: Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills?
2: Yes, sir. That's exactly why why they call, and that's why we also have another option besides the charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will.
3: Now, when anyone calls in and asks to talk to you ladies, will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do?
2: Yes, they will.
0: (laughs) Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Tom Gribben, Commissioner for the Bureau of the Fiscal Service at the Department of the Treasury. His office promotes the financial integrity and operational efficiency of the federal government. Deuteronomy 818 reminds us that our wealth comes to us from God. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Tom Gribben in his role at the Treasury Department. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Pause to pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
4: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting Starnes to the number 49596. There is a missing man table at Naval Air Facility Atsugi in Japan. The POW-MIA table is a tradition often found in military dining halls, honoring missing service members and prisoners of war. According to Navy instruction, the table settings must include certain symbolic items like an empty chair and a single rose. The table also includes a Bible. And that has apparently triggered a number of sailors. The Military Religious Freedom Foundation fired off a letter to the base commander demanding the Bible be removed. The MRFF claims to represent thousands of Christian service members who allegedly get triggered by public displays of their own faith. They say the inclusion of a Bible excludes any sailor who is not white, straight, or of the Christian faith. The military says they're investigating. To remove the Bible is to desecrate the missing man table. That cannot and must not happen, but it probably will. Because there's no room at the table in President Biden's Pentagon for people of faith. I'm
0: Todd Stearns.
5: Sandy Rios in the Morning on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to this Thursday edition of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. As I say, always a pleasure to do so. Just before we went to the break, we were talking about this eag that has come down from the Joe Biden Justice Department. They're going after parents who dare to show up at their local school board meetings and voice opinions that are contrary to school board policy. Have, have we forgotten what, how things are supposed to work in this country? School board members are elected. They are there. They answer to the parents who voted them in. But because we have so many school boards, not all, but so many school boards in this country, such as in Loudoun County, Virginia, that are moving far, far to the left, this school board body writes a letter to the Biden White House, passes it along to the Justice Department, and now they're ready to use the Patriot Act against parents. Treat them like domestic terrorists. Lara Trump uh, was on Fox & Friends this morning And I think what she had to say kind of sums up how a lot of people are reacting to this, cut number six.
2: This is the weaponization of the judicial system against Americans and and completely unjustly. Um, Americans and particularly parents are absolutely fed up right now with what they see happening to our children in schools. They're fed up with the mask mandates, they're fed up with the critical race theory, with the indoctrination of our children to hate our country, to hate one another they're fed up with in some places vaccine mandates for their children to even be able to attend school and it seems like guys there is zero kind of... focus on actually making sure that our children are proficient right. in reading in math and things that can further their future um but what you heard from from the uh the justice department there is that they don't care what you have to say they are happy to indoctrinate our children they are happy to tell parents that they are domestic terrorists for taking an interest in our children's education and our most precious commodity, the children of America. Where were these people last summer when cops were being assaulted? If you wanna go after people, how about cops that were murdered? How about complete and entire cities that were destroyed? Those are the domestic terrorists, not parents who wanna make sure that their children are receiving an education that they agree with. It seems completely normal to think that parents would want to do that.
5: Well, joining us right now from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., is our good friend Gary Bauer, Campaign for Working Families. Good morning, Gary. Hey,
6: good morning, Fred. Hey, I agree with what she said. That (laughs) was really well put.
5: (laughs) My goodness, Gary. uh, There's outrage across this country uh, over this, what you called yesterday, heavy-handed effort by Biden and our Attorney General Merrick Garland to intimidate parents and taxpayers who are demanding reform of our schools and Biden is turning his Justice Department on parents in this country.
6: Yeah, you know, Fred, I mean, there's a tendency here, there's a temptation to kind of laugh about this and poke fun at it, because it, on the one hand, it's so ridiculous, but it's also deadly serious. And folks, this, this is the way a people lose their liberty. It is the little pinpricks that just keep coming seen it now the trend line is absolutely clear threats on the freedom of religion threats on the freedom of assembly uh all kinds of things that we took for granted thought nobody could ever touch them etc and now we've got uh this spectacle i mean imagine you know at, at the next uh you know PTA fundraiser is uh is there going to be an undercover FBI agent trying to entrap you uh You know, when you go to the school board meeting and you're sitting there shaking your head that these uh, bureaucrats telling you that, uh, hey, what's going on in the school? We get to decide. Are you angry about that? Do you have to worry that the person sitting next to you may be calling the FBI terror watch line to report you? There's only one response, Fred, to this, and I know it will take people out of their comfort zone. This means you have to go to the school board meeting. This means when you get there, you have to speak up. If we react the way they intend
5: us to react,
6: which is to cower in fear, we are on our way to losing our country.
5: Gary, and and this move by the Justice Department, the Biden White House, is not just a one-off. Because just remember, just a few days ago, Terry McAuliffe who is the Democrat candidate, he wants to be the next governor, or governor again of Virginia. Remember what he said in this debate? Parents have no right to tell school boards what their kids should be taught. This is a a thinking, it seems, within the Democratic Party.
6: It it is. It's widespread. It's why Jim Dobson and I, back in 1820—no, it wasn't 1820. (laughs) It was about 20 years ago, wrote a book called Children at Risk, the Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Our Children. This is what it's all about. And by the way, why is there such controversy at the school board meetings? Why does McCullough, who's considered a moderate Democrat, (laughs) good luck with that, (laughs) uh, why is he all in on parents have no say? Well, it's because parents caught on during COVID that the reason their kids seem so unusual and odd, depending on how many years of education they get, they get how many of our kids or grandkids come home and they're, they they no longer love the founding fathers. They say America's racist. We were founded on it is Is that they're being indoctrinated in our classrooms? It used to be just the universities. It's sunk on down to the high schools and folks. It's in the it's in the elementary schools. Long before, remember last summer, Fred that we saw these mobs of young people tearing down statues. You know, it started Mm. with Robert E. Lee, but it quickly went on to, you know, Jefferson and Adams and George Mason and even the Lincoln Memorial in Washington was attacked. Well, long before those youthful mobs brought down the statues, those founders were already being brought down in their hearts by left-wing teachers who were teaching them that these founders of this great country are, in fact, evil men.
5: Gary, uh, let's pull back the camera, the wide shot, they call it. What's really at work here? We have an education system, and we now have an administration in Washington. And, you know, Joe Biden calls his plan, his socialist plan, a build-back-better plan. He has trouble saying that himself. But... (laughs) <laughs> Tell for our audience, help us to understand what the big agenda is here. They want to, I believe, change dramatically change the America that we love.
6: Fred, there is no question about it, and you know we always see the the, the polling that shows Americans are are so frustrated and and so upset that people in Washington can't seem to get together in a room like they used to and work out the differences. And I understand that frustration, but the reason that doesn't happen is these are differences that can't be worked out. For most of our history, we all agreed on what the goals were, but we differed about how to reach those goals. Today, the left totally rejects most of the goals average Americans have. Most Americans want the country to fight against racism and stop judging people on the color of their skin. The left is all in on teaching children that the color of your skin is the only thing that matters about you. That if you're white, you're an oppressor, and if you're a minority child, you're oppressed, and no matter what you do, you won't be able to succeed. That's poison. What's the the middle ground on that? There isn't any. Either our founding fathers were heroes and giants; they were, or they were people that engaged in genocide and, you, you know, evil men, which they were not. There's no point of agreement, just like there isn't on abortion, which we've known for years. Mm-hmm. As you know, as as was shown many years ago in the Bible, you can't compromise by cutting the baby in half. Either mm-hmm. the baby has the right to life or the baby is the equivalent of a styrofoam cup to be thrown away at the whim of somebody else. But you can go down issue after issue after issue. Does our rights, does our liberty come from government? Joe Biden thinks so. Barack Obama thinks, thought so. All of the leadership of the Democrat Party believes it. It's why they ignore the Declaration of Independence, particularly the second paragraph where it says, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator, not by their government. So on issue after issue. So we're on the verge of tipping over to pure European socialism. We're on the verge of tipping over to the idea that America's got to be torn down and rebuilt. And we're also, all this is happening, Fred, as we know, while literally the population of the United States is being dramatically changed by open borders, mm-hmm. we're Millions now of people are walking into our country illegally. It's amazing.
5: Gary, uh, maybe we can take some hope from the latest uh, Quinnipiac poll, which came out yesterday, where they have Biden's approval rating now standing at 38% with disapproval at 53%. Can we take it from this that maybe America is waking up to this far-left socialist agenda?
6: Well, I think they are definitely waking up, um, but there, there's a uh, there's a flip side of this, which is that he appears, and the leftists that are you know directing the administration, people like AOC and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, the rest of them, uh, they seem to be all in, as you said, in changing America. and if they continue at this pace to do what they're doing. In four years, we may even win elections and get people in that are willing to fight for us, but so much damage will have been done. It is going to be a tough, tough undertaking to reverse that. Mm. And, uh, I wish I felt more confident, you know, that the people were likely to elect, and there are many good ones, will fight to reverse it and not just come to Washington and say, well, there's not much we can do about what's already been done, but we can stop any more damage. No, the things that are being done have to be reversed or the country will be lost.
5: Gary, I know as a Christian uh, and, and we believe that uh, God is still in control, uh, but he wants to hear from his people. And then that involves prayer. And I noticed that you, have a Pray Vote Stand Summit, I believe, that started last uh, yeah. evening and continues yeah. today. Talk to us a little bit about that.
6: Well, this is a, a summit uh, It's taking place. They're, they're usually in um, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, and a number of groups sponsor these, in, including mine. This year, uh, the decision was made to move it out to Loudoun County, Virginia, where all these things have been happening that we've been reading about in the newspapers. And, uh, and get as many average people as possible. The average guy is the strength of America. There are several thousand people there. Uh, they're going to hear from me and Secretary of, former Secretary of State Pompeo, many other great speakers. Uh, Tony Perkins and the Family Research Council, which I was proud to be president of, uh, at its founding, is the main force behind this. And we're hoping to, to replicate what, what we're doing in Loudoun County today with several thousand people. This needs to happen all over the country. This is a battle to save America, to make it again, one nation under God, ordered liberty under God. And we're hoping to create a whole bunch of activists by what we do at this conference over the next couple of days.
5: Gary, always a pleasure to talk with you. And, uh, and just, uh, I think it's terrific, uh, this, this gathering that's going on in Loudoun County and uh you know this is what happen- has to happen across this country and also though people need to then put feet to their prayers uh we see that example over and over again in scripture and uh people may have to start to run for office whether it's school board or whatever the case may be uh to be salt and light
6: uh, absolutely i mean at the very least you got to vote you have to do mm-hmm. that maybe you don't want to run for office well volunteer in the party of your choice. It is shocking how few people at the grassroots level run political parties. If you get 20, 30 people with our values walking in, just to give an example, into a Republican county meeting in a couple of months, you're going to be running the county party in that county. So the liberty is right there. It's so ironic that people all over the world wish they have the the right to go into a meeting and speak up and actually be able to run a, something that affects your government. Here we have those rights, and all too often we're afraid to, uh, afraid to exercise.
5: Gary, always a pleasure to talk with you. I love your end of day uh, that you send out each day to kind of give a summary of what's going on in D.C., in our country. Uh, I, it's, it's a point of information. It's a point of encouragement. How can people get that email from you?
6: Well, thank you, thank you, Fred. They can go to Our American Values and sign up for the end of day. And, of course, I want to say that American Family Radio is a godsend. I, you know, we, we got problems, but I can't imagine how much worse it would be without American Family Radio. So you all are doing a fantastic
5: job. Gary, great to talk with you. You take care of yourself.
6: You too. God bless. All
5: right. All right, time to talk to you, 888 888-589-8840. So are you intimidated or are you ready to fight back this morning? 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. You're listening to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy. Oh, so much more news to talk about also. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about a, a school, Bates College, up in Lewiston, Maine. You're not going to believe this, but it's true, but you're going to have to come back and have a listen to what they're doing with a calculus course, a calculus course. Don't go away. 888-589-8840. We're back right after the break.
4: Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial-strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio.
3: Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for Worship and the Word, and we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him.
6: Woe to you when all men speak well of you. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Several NBA stars are publicly expressing their COVID injection hesitation. Christian Orlando Magic star Jonathan Isaac is among them. After astutely sharing his reasoning, including his age, physical fitness level, and presence of antibodies in his system due to having had COVID previously, Forbes published a hit piece on him, saying, There is a bigger problem for the magic here. One that goes back to Isaac's entry into the league. He is deeply and vocally religious, which is not a bad thing in itself, but has left him largely out of step with his teammates. Get it? Deep and vocal Christian conviction is problematic. Listen each weekday
0: from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there.
4: I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby.
0: This mother chose life after meeting with pre-born counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound.
4: I just felt so blessed in the hand of God on me, so strong, and I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally.
0: Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus.
4: He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable.
0: Pre-born clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Xi Van Fleet is a remarkable and very courageous woman. I had a chance to interview she recently about her experience as a child survivor of Mao Zedong's cultural revolution in communist China. She warns that so-called critical race theory is a variant on the Marxist Maoist class warfare technique for dividing and oppressing populations. Ms. Van Fleet came to national attention when she presented this insight to Virginia's Loudoun County School Board. Her warning is all the more compelling now that Attorney General Merrick Garland has told the Justice Department and FBI to treat people like her as, quote, potential domestic terrorists, unquote. In other words, if you oppose the use of a devastatingly effective communist practice aimed at indoctrinating children and adults, destroying individuals and families, and subverting entire nations, the Biden administration now considers you a public enemy. That's un-American and completely unacceptable. This is Frank Affney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios
5: in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy. Going to go to our phones in just a second. Uh, But first, news from the wacky, wacky left. And this involves Bates College, which is in Lewiston, Maine. It hosts about 2,000 undergraduate students. And the school estimates tuition and fees to be nearly $78,000 per year. $78,000, that's all. Put it on the visa, right? Um, this is from the uh, the College Fix group, which is a conservative group. It says, A working group of professors and students at Bates College has recommended the school require all majors to offer <clears throat> pardon me, two courses on, quote, race, colonialism, white supremacy, power, and privilege. Now, it would also include... It would also include uh, these topics in math courses, like calculus. I I don't know how that works. Uh, If the plan is implemented, students would be required to take one introductory course and one advanced course centered on race. For example, the uh, STEM majors could satisfy the advanced requirement by taking Math 233, Mathematics for Social Justice. The report recommends that in order to fulfill the racial education requirements, a math class must include, quote, understanding how mathematical methods can expose racial and other injustices and the role of mathematics as a gatekeeper and driver of injustice. What? Now, I'm not a fan of calculus, folks. I had to take it uh, because of the, uh, the science degree I was taking. Managed to squeak by, but now to put mathematics as a gatekeeper and driver of injustice. But, you know, we should, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by this. What was it in Oakland, California? Uh, The uh, school officials there said it was racist. If you conclude that two plus two equals four, that somehow that is racist I, I tell you the lunatics are in charge that's all i can say but you know what i know in some cases board members are appointed but these are elected officials in these areas and that is why as we we're just talking with gary bauer people need to start speaking up all right, 888-589-8840 is the number to call let's go to oklahoma we say good morning to alan alan welcome to the program go ahead
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to say I agree 100%. Uh, we, as Christians, need to stand up. We need to run for offices. I am uh, three years in as a school board member at my school.
5: Congratulations.
3: Uh, but, uh, the first part, I was actually appointed, and then I've actually since then been reelected. elected So uh, I've got... Four more years before anybody can even try to get me out. <laughs> so that's four years that I can stand for God. I can speak for God's side. You know, I've heard people say, I've got God on my side. No, no, you're on God's side. God doesn't pick sides. He's already standing where he's at. You need to choose to be on God's side. And If you're on God's side, man, we can accomplish amazing things.
5: Alan, tell me, what's been the reaction from your fellow school board members to you being on that board and speaking out the way you do?
3: Well, since I've been on the board, we are a completely new board. We're a five-person board, and I am now the oldest existing board member on our board.
5: Really? Really? And, and so, what what kind of difference has that made? What I should add, what prompted you to run for office? Were there things going on that you said had to change, and, and part of your solution that God led you to do was to run for this?
3: Well, there were things that were going on that I did not like, and it was presented to me to be appointed uh, by somebody that was a friend of mine. And uh, once I did that, I decided that, you know, I need... First of all, school should be a priority for the children, the kids. I, I've got three kids of my own, but at our school, every single one of them are mine. Yeah. Whether they want to claim me or not. <laughs> uh, they should be the focus on education, on their safety, on what it is that they're actually there for.
5: Amen. And, Amen. Alan, congratulations for what you're doing, man. The, we need more Allens out there. Alan from Oklahoma. All right. Uh, to south carolina and i think it's carolina is that that correct carolina
1: (laughs) in english but in spanish it's carolina
5: carolina Um, okay got you go ahead carolina good to hear from you go ahead
1: thank you and thank you so much for hosting this morning fred um you know you made a comment about how important afr is and i have to concur um you guys are literally a lifeline for some people um I appreciate you guys daily. I listen to you daily. Um, it's the only source of trusted news that I really can, you know, count and, and you know, my, my one hand. Um, and I really, really appreciate you guys and everything you're doing. Um, you. With respect to the question you asked, you said, <clears throat> you know, this conversation we're having this morning regarding school boards, et cetera, what does it do for you? And I'll tell you, for me, it's compelled me and kind of pushed me over. Um, I had been considering um, joining school boards. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a prior um, mom who homeschooled, um, you know, I homeschooled my kids for several years. Uh, my kids went to private school, and now my daughter is in public school. And thankfully, in South Carolina, not in Virginia, we just moved out of Virginia, for the reason that when, um, you know, Terry, uh, excuse me, uh, Ralph Northam um, said, um, he, he said, I'm sorry, I'm getting jumbled up, but he said, um, he made the comment about the baby.
5: Um, yes, he said, he's the uh, former you know, governor was, of Virginia.
1: Yes, I I know this. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I've worked in the elections. I'm just a little tongue-tied because I'm on the radio with you. Sure. Um, But, um, you know, he said, we're going to place the baby next to the mother, and then we will decide the fate of the baby. Um, After he said that, my family and I knew we need to move out of Virginia. We could no longer support Virginia with our taxes. We had worked really hard, especially um, myself, on elections, trying to elect good conservative candidates. Um, but it just seemed to be, you know, a very futile thing. And with my daughter and, and son approaching school age where we wanted them to go to public school, we wanted them to experience the differences. Um, mm-hmm. Our daughter wanted that, that especially. But anyway, we came to South Carolina, and, and I don't want South Carolina to turn into another Virginia. Um, we have a lot of Northerners moving to South Carolina because of the beautiful, magnificent weather we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not, because I do not want South Carolina to turn into another Virginia. Um, I'm going to be joining the school board. I'm going to be more involved um, than I have been, which is which is I've been pretty involved, but I'm I'm, t- I'm stepping it up a notch. And maybe if the Lord's calling me, even run um, for office. Um, I I feel I really do not feel um, equipped fully, but I know that if the Lord calls you, He'll provide. And if the Lord calls you, He'll equip you. Um, but it's giving me a boldness that I have not had for the sake. of, of my children's future for the sake of this nation's future i'm an immigrant soy latina i'm a, i'm a, an immigrant from honduras at that mm. and i came to this country when i was eight years old and i've learned to love this country i love this nation and all it offers everything it stands for and i see you know where where things are coming i see all these central central americans coming here and i pray that they can see the same i pray they can learn to appreciate this country you know the president's not stopping them He's, he's not stopping them. But I pray that our impact on them is greater than their impact on us. And, you know, we say, you know, send us out, Lord, send us out to reach the nation. You know, and then part of me resented all these Central Americans coming, you know, illegally and stuff because my family worked hard to get here legally. But you know what? You know, a friend of mine shared this perspective with me. She said, Well, maybe because we're not going out enough to reach the nations, maybe the nations are coming to us and maybe this is an opportunity to minister and you know, put our our, our, our you know, our shovel to work. Yeah. You know, put our what is it, to the plow. And um, you know, this is our time to shine as Christians. Amen. You know, we have no control over what this administration is doing beyond prayer. But you know what we can do? Yes, we can we can vote, we can run for office, but also put our, our, our shovel to the, to the, to the ground and get to work, get Amen. to work ministering to these people that are coming.
5: Carolina, uh, great comments. I sure appreciate that. And I'm, you know, I said Carolina, but I, I like Carolina better.
1: <laughs> <Gracias>.
5: <laughs> All right, Carolina, thank you so much for your kind words about American family radio and thank you for jumping in and getting involved. We sure appreciate people uh, just like you, Carolina. All right, let's try to get a few more phone calls in here as quickly as possible. Uh, Head out to Texas and say good morning to Essence. Go ahead.
1: Hey, good morning, sir. I just have this question here. Why aren't we the people using constitutional revolution? It's in the Constitution which removes this whole administration. And I got to say these words, death to America, is actually happening in front of us. And I'm along with our lady that just spoke, Carolina. Um, Christians have to revive this country with His Word, using Scripture, not just saying I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir.
5: All right, Essence. We appreciate that. It it is, it's you know, a lot of people. Sometimes there's been controversy within the Christian community that uh, it is wrong for Christians to rely on the political system. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who preaches that, that, you know, we put our trust in politics. It's not an either or. We pray to the Lord for guidance. We pray to the Lord for strength. We pray to the Lord for wisdom. We pray to the Lord to change this country. But then to do that, you know, uh, and uh, again, the examples in Scripture are many. Then you go to work and you do things yourself, Lord, would you have me to, as some of our callers have said, run for office. Uh, Would you have me just to go to school board meetings, to be a voice, to be salt and light? Uh, That's what we encourage people to do. Yes, pray. Pray to the Lord for revival in this country. But also then speak out, speak up. Uh, God gave us a mouth to use, and we ought to be using it respectfully, certainly respectfully, uh, we 're not to be nasty because remember we 're representing the Lord, uh but the Lord was not afraid to speak out when He saw injustices all right uh Tennessee, and we say good morning to Dave Dave, go ahead
6: good morning, Fred. Thank you for letting me uh call in mm-hmm. uh, My comment is regarding the Texas law for life, yes, and the federal judge 's opinion uh putting or putting the injunction on the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. My understanding from history is that judges render opinions, yes not uh, make law. My understanding also is that there's a shared sovereignty between the state governments and the federal governments. So why are the state governments not just saying, thank you for your opinion, judge, but we're going to do this? Because ultimately our founding fathers understood that the people were the final judge.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And this, as we mentioned off the top of the program this morning, we may have some listeners who uh, weren't tuning into that point. But we have an Obama-appointed uh, justice in Texas in Austin yesterday issuing a, a, a an opinion. That's a good point, Dave. An opinion that this uh, law, uh, which is aimed at uh, protecting the lives of unborn babies, uh, and uh, when a heartbeat is detected around six weeks, uh, that that baby cannot be aborted. It's already saved lives. But you had this Obama-appointed justice who said, no, Uh, I don't agree with this. And the language in his 113-page opinion basically is just his opinion. Now, we believe Texas will go to the Fifth Circuit and, if necessary, up to the United States Supreme Court. Both of those jurisdictions have already said that this law can go forward. Uh, But this, I think, was just the... uh, uh, This judge was responding to a petition from the Biden Justice Department. We ought not to be... Uh, surprised by that, but this is a law which now other states are looking at because it has the blessing so far of the United States Supreme Court. Uh, So Dave, we appreciate uh, your input on that. Yes, it was just an opinion. I think we can squeeze in one more call, Mr. Adam, our producer. All right, let's try. Todd in Louisiana, good morning. Go ahead, please. Hey, thanks for
3: taking my call. Hey, um, Fred, the problem with America is that we have turned on back on
6: Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, without Christ, there's chaos in the world. Yes. And if you look around, nobody's—you know—I think the fading away
3: from Christ is hurting a lot of people. Yeah. And we need to get back to Him. Yeah. And I'm gonna hang-up.
5: I appreciate it, Todd. You know, Christ has to be on the throne of individual hearts, and then Christ can go to work through us to make the changes that are necessary. Hey. As always, been great to be with you this morning. Fred's sitting in for Sandy. Sandy will be back in the chair again tomorrow. And uh, I know she's excited coming out of the AFA retreat this week in Alabama, where you had a chance to, many of you had a chance to meet her. And she's excited to get back to work and uh, to share what's happening out there, as she always does. Hey, have a great day, folks. And as I always say, make sure you're a blessing to someone else today. We'll see you again soon. Bye for now.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.